All right, welcome to the first ever episode of the Biased Opinion Sports Podcast. I'm Seamus Kelly, here with uh, PJ Hennessy, and uh, our podcast, 30-minute episodes, two times a week, we'll be talking a little sports, little debates, uh, we've got some stats and stuff, you know, just giving our opinions on what's going on in the sports world, every sport, anything that's going on, we'll talk about it. So, uh, want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm PJ Hennessy, I'll, I'll be joining Seamus, and... We'll both be giving our biased opinion, and we will not be shying away from any topic that comes around. All right, so let's get into it. It's uh, Thursday, May 23rd, and Blues Shark Series just ended in six games. Blues dominant 5-1 win. And I just have some comments that I want to make on this series before anything gets started. First of all, starting this podcast off with a pretty hot take here, but... I think that the hand pass in Game 3 that gave the Sharks a 2-1 lead in the series in overtime uh, screwed over the Blues. Awful missed call by the refs. I believe that that was the best thing to happen to the St. Louis Blues this season. Better than calling up Jordan Bennington. In the first three games, it was back and forth. Bennington was alright. Didn't look great. Neither team was... I mean, the Blues were probably the better team, but I mean, they went down 2-1. They didn't look... They, it looked like they lost their mojo a little bit. That they, that's been, I mean, they've been riding for a huge run this whole season. And this missed call happens. Shen slams a stick against the glass. Whole team's fired up. They're, there's, like, you know they're not going to come in and lose game four. And, I mean, since then, uh, the goal differential since that happened was 12-2 to two Blues in the last three games of the series since that hand pass. Just absolute domination. So they you think f- if the Sharks scored a regular goal... In that overtime, that the Sharks... I think the Sharks had, had a very good chance of winning that series if they scored a regular goal. I think that hand pass... I think the hand pass... I mean, they're obviously motivated because it's the Western Conference Finals, but when that happens, that team is fired... That team's not losing that series. Yeah, they were would, fired up. Yeah, but that, like a game after that, that thing's wiped out. It's gone. It's forgotten about. It's 2-2 with best of three series. I mean, did you, did you watch the games? They win game 4-2-1, and then they go 5 nothing, 5-1. San Jose, was, they, were, they were done either way. They were gassed. They had nothing left, whether the hand-pass goal was scored or whether a regular goal was scored. I mean, yeah, San Jose was banged up, but if it's a combination of things. The hand-pass goal, I think, I don't think the Blues were losing that series after a goal like that scored on them to go down 2-1. They felt like they got our game taken away from them, so they, they, they came out with vengeance, and the Sharks were That just, was one game. They, they came out with vengeance in one game. They scored like... 20 seconds into game four or whatever. Then they won game four, and, they, and then after that, it says two plays. And after that, Bennington took over. Games. Bennington took over. He did. Bennington. And the Sharks stud. crumbled. The Sharks, they crumble. Weren't healthy. Speaking of the Sharks crumbling, uh, I need to talk about Evander Kane real quick. Um, you know, everyone's a new listener to this podcast. It's episode one, but PJ, big Evander Kane fan. I just need to get this off my chest. Evander Kane was the weak link for the Sharks in the playoffs. Guy lived in the penalty box. I think he had like 50 penalty minutes these playoffs. I'm pretty sure he led the playoffs in penalty minutes. Wasn't producing really much that well offensively. And in game in game six, it's a one or two goal game at this point. Evander Kane gets the puck off a turnover. Nobody within 10 feet of him and he's in the slot. Just nobody anywhere near him. And he shoots it into Bennington's chest. And I think that's just a summary of his playoffs. And that's, I mean, that's a huge reason why. If he scores that goal... Who knows what could happen if Sharks come back. But I just need to get that off my chest. Evander Kane, terrible. These playoffs almost cost him the series. 
coming off firing to start this podcast. I think it'll be it'll be a minor setback, major comeback for Evander. I think he's got a lot a lot of good things in his game, and he did the, he did the little things throughout the playoffs, and in the end, it just it just didn't work out for the Sharks, and they'll be back. Playoff Logan will be back. Uh-huh. Maybe Jumbo Joe leaves, and that that could spur the the Sharks on to bigger and better things once Jumbo Joe leaves. Maybe I don't know. Carlson's probably gone. Myers a restricted free agent. They're in trouble. They're gonna have some cap troubles in a little bit, I think. But they do have Evander locked down through twenty twenty four, I believe, to an eight or seven million dollar deal. It's a, it was a good signing, big free agent guy that you need to to win cups. So I don't know if that's I don't know if Evander till twenty twenty four is a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing. But enough about the Sharks. Let's get in to the biggest news in sports right now: the Stanley Cup Finals, Bruins Blues rematch in the nineteen seventy Cup Finals. Um. We're both Bruins fans, so, you know, our opinions will be biased, but we'll do our best. It's called biased opinion for a reason. Let's get into it. So, I think I think the big point, talking point for the Bruins has been their 10-day rest going into game one. It's been talked about. Even they have an intra-squad scrimmage going on uh, tonight where the fans can pay $20 to see the team play at the TD Garden. Uh, the Bruins breaking into two teams. I think, uh, I think the rest is in our head at this point. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. It's being made too much. Uh, it's being brought up way too much, and this scrimmage is—it's a little much. I think you can just—you can scrimmage in practice. You can put the puck down, and drop it in practice, and blow the whistle. And do you really need to play it in the TD Garden to get used to playing an NHL game again? I—I just—I don't see the point of this. I think the rest. My biggest concern with the rest—it's not really about the players. I think the rest will benefit Chara. I mean, Chara was banged up in Game Four, although he probably could have played it. My guess is he could have played on it. He had a hurt foot, but. I mean, yeah, it's probably just a he. They yeah. they're up three nothing. They're probably just resting him. But Char is a little banged up. Um, I mean, Krejci and Bergeron are always a little banged up. They could always use rest. The team's not the youngest team in the league, so you you got to get guys healthy again. Got to get guys rested. But my biggest concern definitely is Tuca playing the best hockey of his career, in my opinion, at least best since he won the Vezina a couple of years ago. He's on fire. Tuca, you can't. He's he's been the best player of these playoffs. Yeah, he's been. he's been unbelievable, and. Goalies, playing goalie is 75% mental, I think, at least. it's. I mean, all those guys in the NHL are talented. They can all make the save. It's just all mental. And if a goalie playing the best hockey of his career and all of a sudden he's out of that groove, he's playing every other day for a month and then all of a sudden he gets 10 days off, you gotta, I mean, I'm a little worried. So what happens if Tuca gets sniped on by Pasternak in the scrimmage? Is his confidence going to go down? I mean, it's just a, it's a inter-squad scrimmage. I don't think he's going to get too rattled by it. It's just, I'm pretty sure the point of the scrimmage is just, I mean, it's at night with crowd noise. I mean, regular practice isn't going to have any crowd noise. It's going to be in the morning or the afternoon. So, I think they just want to get used to getting, playing at night with the crowd there. A little bit of pressure, you know. And, I mean, get some young guys some looks. Stanishin's playing. So, uh, Stanik is playing. So, you know. Yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's mostly for charity too, I guess. The ticket prices, but I, I don't guess. think I don't think it will rattle too good. All right, that's that's good. So I think another point in this series is David Backus going back to St. Louis. Does anybody care about this other than David Backus? I mean, I think I think it should be more of a storyline. Everyone was the biggest storylines in the playoffs. Everyone was talking about getting Jumbo Joe a cup. Why not get David Backus a cup in in St. Louis, where you know that was the prime of his career. That's where he became a star. So yeah, you think it's you think it's a big talking point. You think people? I don't here, think it's a huge talking point. You think but people I think here care about David Backus going back to St. Louis? You I think mean, Bergeron cares that David Backus is going back to St. Louis? I don't think Bergeron cares, but I think the people of St. Louis care. 
I think David Back is care. I think it'll give David Back his extra motivation. Second line right wing now. He's gonna. I think he's gonna step it up. He could score a couple goals in this series. You don't know. You never know. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and also, I just want to talk about the series a little bit. I want to talk about the matchups. Um, get a little technical here. Uh, I was looking at the forwards for St. Louis, their lines, and how how they how they line up, how the Bruins line up, and I think it's actually really similar to how the Bruins lines are. So they got their top line. They have uh, they have Shen. They have. Schwartz, Schwartz, mm-hmm. and Tarasenko, and I mean those are like other than O'Reilly, those are the three best players I'd say, and it's kind of like the Bruins top line. You got three All Stars in one line, tons of offensive production. Yeah, yeah but it's, uh, it's their fourth line that starts most games and periods for them, like the Bruins. Too. Like the exactly, it's similar fourth they, lines. Their third they, lines performing the playoffs like the Bruins' third line, and then their second line, O'Reilly, he's kind of like their Krejci. You know, he's you got a stud center on the second line. Yeah, I, w- I would say both teams are well-balanced with a mix of youth, experience, and players in their prime. I think they're pretty balanced. I think I think it's very... I'd give the edge to the Bruins um, if you're talking forwards, if you want to compare the two, just because I think I think the Bruins' top line is just a little bit better than their top line. I think it's just more elite talent, but... I mean, both teams are pretty stacked uh, forward-wise. they got four good lines, both teams. So there's not going to be any... I don't think you can really exploit too many matchups here, but I think it's going to be... I don't know. I think that will make for an exciting series, though, to keep it close. Yeah, the de- the defense for San Luis are pretty good too. Yeah, um, Petrangelo's a beast. He had a tough regular season until they started uh, going on that streak, going on that run. But he's been yeah, he's, he's mo- been good in the playoffs. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he loves a lot of ice time too. He does, he does. He's kind of like McAvoy for them. Pareko, I think Pareko's looking underrated. That guy's he's like six five. He can skate. He puts up points. Plays great D. I think. I think Pareko's really good. Yeah, it can be he's a breakout a- series for him. He's a beast. I think he's got like twelve points in the playoffs already, and he, I mean he's like a six-five defenseman that plays good defense. So that's that's good production. Joel Joel Edmondson. Uh, I always pick him for the Butchergrass Overtime Challenge. He doesn't score overtime goals. That's one thing I've scouted out about, about Joel. Edmondson. I don't know if Edmondson scores any goals <laughs> to be honest. Um, and also, uh, both blue lines a little banged up. Uh, Chara that foot injury, although he's he's gonna be ready for game one. Vince Dunn. Has a injury. He's questionable, I think, for game one. I think he's 50-50. I don't know if he's going to go or not as of today. There's still a few days out from the game. And uh, obviously Kevin Miller for the Bruins. Uh, there was, like, conflicting reports. Some said he was going to be out for the whole playoffs. Some people were saying he might be back for the cup finals. But right now it's, like, an unlikely. And, I mean, if you haven't played in a month, I don't think you can hop yeah, right well, in and play Stanley Cup finals. And, and Clifton's been playing well, too. And Clifton, Yeah, Clifton's been a beast. So Miller's probably out, but Clifton's been... I think Clifton might be better than Miller. Yeah. He's still, Clifton's been, he's been great for us. We'll we'll see if Vince Dunn wants the cup or not. You know, fifty fifty. You know, banged up. Everybody's banged up. This if time Vince Dunn wants the cup, he plays. Yes. That's if all right. Vince, if Vince Dunn that, does not want. That. If he doesn't want the cup, he's not playing. I like that. I agree with that. And uh, we can talk goalies real quick. Bennington's a beast. Uh, probably. I mean, I don't think he's winning rookie of the year. That's probably Patterson. He might have already won it, but. Uh, or you know, but uh, Bennington, he's a beast, but he's he was only a rookie. He's been good in these playoffs, hasn't been unreal. Tuca, on the other hand, as we said earlier, uh, probably the best player in the playoffs so far. Put the team on his back almost a little bit for a few games. He's been unreal. Yeah, Bennington, he's eighth among starting goalies in the playoffs with the save percentage, so his save percentage stats don't jump off the screen, but he does make a lot of saves when 
in clutch moments. Post All Star break, he was nineteen and four, so he's, he's been on a huge hot streak. He's cool, calm, collected. Bennington shuts it down. He doesn't get rattled by the moment, which is pretty impressive for a rookie. Did you see that Bruce Cassidy said that the Bruins probably have the better goaltender in the series? I like that. It's bold. It gives Bennington some bolts and board material give, if he ever needed it. I don't think it'll rattle. You know, he, it will give him some more material, but he's always he keeps his emotions cool. He's level. He's pretty level headed. I think it'll be a good matchup. What's your prediction for the series? For the series, I have Bruins in six games. I think I got Bruins in seven. Bruins, Bruins in seven. In seven. I think it's gonna be a tight series. Pretty back and forth. I think one thing that has to be noted is that both teams are very good on the road this playoffs. Bruins six and two on the road. And Blues are seven and two on the road this year, so I don't I don't think home ice and where a game is going to be played is going to be that big of a deal to these yeah. teams. So if the Bruins go down oh, uh, the Bruins go down two to one in the series, game four on the road shouldn't really phase them. And if the Blues go down three to one, game five on the road, I don't think should phase them. So home ice, I don't think is going to be that big of a difference in who wins the series or not. Yeah, I think it'd be a good back for a series. I'm I'm excited. Going to be a great it, Stanley it, Cup Finals. It should be a great Stanley yeah. Cup Finals. Good stuff. All right, so before we get to the Bucks Raptors and the conclusion of that series, a big uh, big thing that's been going on in the airways of Fox Sports 1 has been Chris Broussard and Kevin Durant going back and forth. Broussard originally said uh, live on Undisputed that he's been he's had texts with KD that have lasted for more than two to three hours. And that they've about shared, life. About life, yes, and about faith and about all this. And it seemed like Broussard was, you know, trying to put out there that him and KD have a close relationship. Him and KD are boys. That's, then that's, Undisputed tweeted, yeah, Undisputed tweeted out the clip and then KD clapped back saying, cap, 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 which I think means lie yeah. in, in his no. terms or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then it said lie, basically, you don't have my number. And then Chris Broussard came back and said, you know, we've been Twitter DMing and Instagram <laughs> DMing for however long and Chris Broussard defending himself, saying, you know, a DM is the same as a text. It did seem like KD was kind of making it seem like they don't communicate at all, but they did on Twitter DM, so. I don't know. Just a big, big storyline for no reason, I think. I think I'm with Brew. I'm with Brew Crew. I think I think Chris Broussard is getting falsely accused of uh, making things up here by KD. We know KD is pretty sensitive on Twitter. If anything gets said about him, he has to respond to it. He reads, like, Everything that's ever been said about him on Twitter, he's coming out 12-year-old on Twitter sometimes. Yeah, some guy tweeted at him saying that he was, you know, sensitive, and KD tweeted back at him. So basically, if you send anything to KD, he, he will see it. He's that KD's just, you know, that's the type of person he is, I guess. He's very sensitive, very... If you say anything about him, he's got to defend himself. Even when, and, I don't and, think Chris Broussard really said anything bad about him. I don't know. Well, no, it came out because the Warriors are actually playing well without Kevin Durant. And he's going to be uneasy about the Warriors playing so well and everyone saying they're better without guess, KD. And it, I guess. And he's, KD's value in his I mean, championships have now diminished if the Warriors will... If hard. they win this year, they will have won two out of their four without KD. That's why he's going to the Knicks. So he can come in fourth in the East and lose in the second round. <laughs> so KD, he, he kind of needs to rebuild his career and... <laughs> rebuild, rebuild his reputation, not his career. He's got a great career, obviously. He needs, he needs to rebuild his reputation. And I mean, whenever ever since he's gone to Golden State, he has he's been pretty maybe the most disliked player in the league. And he seems and this is not the way to get your reputation back. I he, mean, he's uneasy whenever anyone has a bad word for him. I know, and when you call you you make it seem like someone's lying, and then it comes out that they weren't lying. That's that's even worse. Look for you because now you're the liar. And you know, I'm with Broussard. 
I think he's a reputable guy. I think he's I think he's a stand up reporter. I think I don't think he just blatantly lying that like that on air because and he's he, putting his job on the line. I don't think he is do putting that. his job on the line. People on Twitter, of course, want these DMs to be released, and so so do I. I'd love to see what they're talking about. But Broussard said that he will keep that private. He's a good guy. Doesn't want to uh, KD. Yeah, he's respect for KD, even though KD has no respect for him. So you got to respect Brew Crew there. So uh, we'll see how how that one all plays out, and see if uh, Kevin Durant gets back for the uh, NBA Finals. So. Bucks Raptors series all tied up at two as both teams uh, won on their home floors to start the series. What do you think? Rest of the series, who wins? It has to be a close one. Both teams won at home, so I'm gonna have to go Bucks, but I'm going Bucks in six. I think they win on the road. Um, I think they got one win on the road and close out the series. I got I got faith in the Bucks. You got Bucks in six. I, I Bucks think the Bucks six. Bucks in seven. Before game four, the Bucks were twenty two and one coming off of a loss. So what are the chances they lose four out of five games? Or four games in a row. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Greek Freak fan. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to dominate the league, personally, for the next... Like, for a very long time. I think he's generational talent. He's unbelievable. He's he's unreal, and I just... I don't know. I don't want to bet against him. He's, he's not playing his best basketball at the moment. He is he is better at home than on the road. He was, he was great in games one and two. He was he was great in games he'll one and two. He'll step it up. Greek Freak doesn't have three bad games in a row. What do you think about five-game NBA series? So, it's, if you take a look at this series, there's been... Four games played. Two competitive. Two games that have been kind of blowouts for the home team. I think if you make it a five-game NBA series, there's no you have no more blowouts and you have more competitive games. I'd say at least for the first round, you got to do that. The first round of the NBA playoffs are they're pretty uh, uneventful. But I'd be, I like that idea. I like See, that if this proposal. was a five-game series, we'd be in the same place, best of three. But instead of seeing two crap games, we've seen two more meaningful games. One that's gone to double OT. A double OT in a Game 5 series means way more than a double OT in a Game 7 yeah, series. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm, I like that proposal. Not and, bad. Not bad. And then if if you're right, Bucks in 6, that would mean the Bucks win in Toronto in front of Drake. What do you, th- what do you think about Drake this series? He's been making fun of Giannis after missed three throws. He's massaging his own coach on the sidelines. Drake, Drake what do you think be- about Drake antics? The next like Drake might become an assistant coach by time by this time next year. This guy, who's massaging the coach, which is that's ridiculous. I've never seen there anything is, like that. There was nine minutes left. And the coach didn't even head like he had. The coach didn't even question it. The no, let it happen. There was, there nine minutes. the coach a little shoulder rub. There's nine the minutes left in a. There's nine minutes left in the game. The game was far from decided. And that was yeah. Drake, uh, he's kind of like, um, he's like that guy from the Knicks. Spike Lee. Yeah, he's like Spike Lee, but like on steroids. It's unreal. <laughs> He's like becoming part of the team. Like, uh, I like Drake, but he's also a curse, which is another reason why I think the Bucks. Drake does have. As a- long as Drake's repping the Raptors, the Bucks are gonna win. I believe this series. Drake's a curse. Curse the Maple Leafs. He's a curse. He's a bigger Raptors fan than a Maple Leafs fan, isn't he? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's always un- that's unexcusable. That's inexcusable to be in Toronto and be a bigger Raptors fan than a Maple Leafs fan. Uh, yeah, I guess, but I mean, Maple Leafs don't have much to. Root. Now that they're the Raptors, I guess, but being a Maple Leafs fan's tough. I just, especially I just, this time of year. I just don't want to see Drake. And I mean, what's he gonna do next? Is he gonna, is he gonna sell himself into the game, or I just don't want to see. Maybe show up next game full uniform. I don't want to see him in the NBA. Kawhi, if Kawhi goes down, Kawhi's injury, Kawhi, Kawhi's injury <laughs> flares up, they might have to put Drake in. Is Drake he, can get buckets. Is he gonna start drawing up plays? I mean, I don't yeah, know. I see, he practiced with Kentucky's basketball team a few years ago. He did. Drake, Drake could get buckets. Yeah, he's Drake friends with Calipari. Co- he is friends with Calipari. Big Blue Nation. Know. Drake. He should. Be, he should be recruiting for Big Blue Nation, shouldn't he? he? That's probably how they get all this 
recruits. Drake isn't. Yeah, the Bucks coach said that there's there's no place for it, and I I kind of agree. There's got to be a line where you 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 can't cross that line. The Bucks coach has to be. He's probably rattled. The, the Bucks coach can't be focused on a Raptors fan sitting court. I agree with that. The Bucks are a little rattled from it. Drake was not present in games one and two, and the Bucks seem to take care of their own business. So maybe maybe that might actually change my prediction. If the if the Bucks coach is focused, this focused on Drake that he's talking about. Drake has been the topic of conversation more, I think, than the actual basketball after these last two games. I mean, maybe Raptors in seven. Then that's that's a little. If my coach was focused on a fan for the other team sitting courtside, I I'd be a little rattled. It also does the def- Drake's Drake's doing his job. He's getting in their head. He's it, a good. That's. It does deflect the pressure away from the Bucks a little bit. Instead of analyzing what's gone wrong for the Bucks, instead, if you put the attention on yeah, the Drake, it, it give, takes a little bit. Give Drake off. all the attention. Probably all he's really looking for anyway. Doing all this, but. So you sing? What are you saying? Bucks and six, or you sing with Bucks and six in front of Drake? Eliminate the Raptors in front of Drake? I am. I'm switching to Raptors in seven. You're if switching Bucks, to Raptors in seven. Bucks coach focused on Drake. You can't win when you're focused on a fan sitting court. No matter who it is, if a fan sitting courtside, that's your main focus. You're rattled. Lost two straight. I'll switch it over. All right, I'm gonna stick with Kawhi. Limp one Kawhi and one leg in seven games. I'm gonna the s- Greek Freak's my boy. Oh. So you you you're taking Kawhi over the Greek Freak. I'm I'm taking Kawhi and Drake over the Greek Freak. Kawhi Greek and freak. Drake over the Greek. Freak. All right, I'm going to stick with the Greek Freak. I think every team's going to win at home in this series. Moving on to the Patriots. Uh, they re-signed Julian Edelman to a two-year, $18 million deal with $12 million guaranteed. What are your thoughts on this deal? I love it. Super Bowl MVP. Julian Edelman's a walking first down. <laughs> he is a walking first down. Brady to Edelman on third and long, third and anything. You know, like, I've never been more confident in... There's not many things that I'm more confident in than Brady to Edelman on third down. You just know it's going to be complete, especially in a big game. They never... It's it's automatic. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots really... They don't even have that much wide receiver depth to begin with. I mean, if you lose... If you if you let Edelman go, I mean, who else do you even have? Uh, Demarius Thomas on one leg. <laughs> this rookie, Nikhil Harry, I mean, he's he's got to prove himself. That guy's a beast. I'm a he's, still, he's still a yeah, I mean, first-round yeah, rookie. rookie. You never know with rookies, but... And Brady's not going to show up until two weeks before the season starts, so they're going to have no chemistry. You could do a little off-season training with Brady at TB12 with Guerrero. You never know. I love the signing, though. Or I love the extension. Elements, he's he a Pats legend. He is a Pats legend. He's a, he's a team guy. He is. He's a good he's glue been, guy. He's been underpaid his whole career. Yeah. yeah. Give him payday. Seventh-round pick. So, what? Oh, he was, yeah. He was a seventh-round pick. Former... Kent State quarterback? Yes. He's been a grinder. He's been the Jordan Bennington of the of the NFL. Yes, he grinded it out, but Super Bowl MVP. What would he be without Brady? Would he still be making two uh, would he still get a two year like eight million dollar contract? Yeah. Like the fourth string wide receiver on the 49ers or something, <laughs> making minimum NFL <laughs> minimum. He'd be like a punt returner. But you know, that's what Brady does. He makes careers for these wide receivers, makes them a lot of money. Great leader. Edelman's a good leader too though. Edelman's a beast. Most agile player in the NFL or something like that. You, you like set the record at the combine. Gotta love Edelman. Mm. Right, next topic. Yeah, we have a a big news today for for Notre Dame football is Chris Tyree, the number one all purpose back in the twenty twenty recruiting class has decided today to commit to Notre Dame over Alabama and Oklahoma. N D after a, uh it was not a great result but uh, yeah, coming to the college football playoff for the first time. Uh, uh, huge recruiting class so far. A lot of pickups. 
Six Chris, overall. Eight, six eight overall. four stars. I mean, ND's on the rise. Brian Kelly, great recruiter. Always been a good recruiter. But ND, the last few years, last whole thing, a while, they've been... The recruiting class is always between, like, 10 and 15. Other than that one year where they got Jalen Smith, they were top... They were, like, pretty high, but... Right now, uh, it's six overall. Right now, it's six overall. And I think, I think since they made the playoff, getting more exposure, getting their name... I mean, ND's probably the most legendary college football program ever other than Alabama, maybe. So, you know, getting their name back out there, becoming a national program again... That playoff appearance, even though it didn't come out on top, bad loss. I think that's people don't understand how huge that will be for the program moving forward. Because it, it starts with that. You need to you need to get there, and getting there that brings in recruits, and the more recruits you get, you can compete with Clemson, you can compete with Bama. That's how you get over the top. Yes, to compete with national powerhouses, you need athletes of the highest, yeah, highest quality. And that's what Chris Tyree is supposed to be. Obviously, you can't really tell with any of these recruits. Right away, some some of them turn to be bust, but then there's always some that you know rise yeah. or three stars like Josh Jacobs that turned to five star players by the end of college. Yeah, and also I saw I saw it today. So if you watched the college football playoff game against Clemson, Clemson was way faster. That was the big like Clemson was by far the faster team. They dominated with speed, but Chris Tyree, he if you look at every player to ever play for ND the last and like the Brian Kelly era, only two guys have had a faster forty time: Will Fuller and then some random cornerback from way back <laughs> when. Um, so Chris Tyree would be the third fastest player to ever play on this team with Brian Kelly. And, I mean, he ran that 40. He ran a 4.3 at 40 last year when he was a sophomore in high school. Give him a couple years in a college weight room, this kid is flying. Yeah. The Anthony Thomas 2.0. So, I've, I'm liking Chris Tyree. And if you, yeah, I mean, last year, Notre Dame was 12-0 and with two wide receivers who really had no speed on the outside with Boykin and Claypool. Yeah, they, were just, they were just hey, chucking up and on the field. Speed kills. Chris Tyree's a big pickup. And and you look at the way Oklahoma plays too. They spread you out and they just run up and down the field. Oklahoma's all, game all long. speed, and this is. It. I mean, you got to compete with teams like that if you want to win championships. So and Notre Dame has had like a more pro style offense that's been built to run the ball behind big offensive linemen. Definitely pro style, but I mean, not QB of the future, Phil Jerkovic, dual threat. Chris Tyree coming in that could be an elite read option in the backfield. Got some fast wide receivers coming up. I'm, I like ND moving forward. I like yeah, uh, they're building around speed now. And as you said, if Chris Tyree works out and he he goes to the NFL, that's going to help us get more recruits. It is. In, I in mean, the number one running back recruit is always like running backs are probably the recruits other than QBs get the most exposure. Everyone's always like Najee Harris. If you're the number one running back recruit, you're always hyped. Your highlight tapes are all over Instagram and stuff, and like that's huge for recruiting. I think because that's all people care about now. They care about Twitter highlights. They care about Instagram highlights. I think it's a huge pickup. Can't understand how big of a pickup this is. He also pointed towards Notre Dame academics as the reason why he uh, he joined Notre Dame. In case of his football career not working out, he said a degree from student Notre Dame. Student athlete. Yes, he's, he's going. It. He'll be going to class every day. Gotta love it. Student athletes four point oh. All right, to end each podcast, James and I will be giving you our uh, closing segment called Biased Bonus. Biased Bonus includes ten picks a week that we do not get to in the show. And we'll uh, keep a running tally of how many we get right. So uh, let's get right into it, and you guys will see how this thing works. So, number one, will the Bruins score a power play goal in game number one? Yes, a lot of power play goals. Power play's nasty. I'm going to say uh, I'm gonna say no. I don't think so. I don't like the way the power play works. All right, all right. It's been productive. I don't know how. Higher total. Uh, what will be the higher total? Higher total. Kawhi Leonard's points in game five or Tuka Rath saves in game one? I'm going to go Tuka because... Go Bruins, and also because Kawhi's hurt, and I think it's going to be uh, the Siakam breakout game in Game 5. I'm going to pick Kawhi's points. 
he averages a little bit more than Tuca saves in the playoffs. And uh, I think game one will not have that many shots on goal. All right. Uh, number three, more points the rest of the series. Marcus Gasol or Brooke Lopez? Got to go Brooke Lopez. Yeah, he's kind of like, he's the third splash brother. He gets buckets now. I'm a big Marcus All guy. Raptors have never been this far, and all of a sudden Marcus All comes along, and now they're in the conference finals. I don't all think right. that's a coincidence. Higher total for the rest of the series. Greek Freak rebounds or Pascal Siakam points? Like I said before, Siakam, huge game coming up in game five, so I'll take Siakam. I'll, I'll go Siakam's points, although Greek Freak does have more rebounds this series than Siakam does. Points. Um, over under 0.5 Red Sox wins in Houston. I'm going to go under. Uh, from what that- I've watched so far, their best player is a rookie. Michael Chavis. Michael Chavis. That's that's the only guy I've seen doing. I mean, I I guess Mookie's playing solid, but. So you're saying right. they're gonna get swept in Houston? Yes. I Chris Sale's one and five. Uh, I don't. Know, Eduardo Rodriguez five point four three RA. Come on now, that's awful. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Red Sox to get a win. Uh, Astros lost last night to the White Sox at home. Although they have been eighteen and five at home this season, one of the best teams in the league. I I think the Red Sox will get one. Um, more hits this weekend. I will be uh, at PNC Park for uh, Pirates versus Dodgers. So, who will get more hits this weekend? Josh Bell will play for the Pirates or Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers? I'm going to go Bellinger just because the Pirates don't win anything ever. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Bellinger too. Josh Bell, actually, he's having a great season. Leads the, ML, leads the uh, NL and RBIs, batting three eighty seven in May. But he's batting two ninety two at PNC Park. Also, when we go, the Pirates are kind of cursed because it's Matthew's only time he gets to go. And they usually don't play very well. So I'm going to go with Cody Bellinger and Josh Bell is going to get into a little mini slump. All right, to the golf this weekend. Uh, they're playing in Fort Worth, Texas in something called the Charles Schwab Challenge. <laughs> Who will finish higher, uh, Tony Spinow or Jordan Spieth? Uh, Spieth's been strong lately, so i got to take Jordan. i got to take Jordan Spieth there. Yeah, he did, he did finish tied third at the PGA Championship. I'll, I'll go with Spieth, too. Right now, Finau is a one-shot lead over Spieth. He's in first place. But uh, I think Finau, when he gets cold, he the putter gets cold. All right, and we'll end with a couple of soccer ones real quick. Will Messi score a goal in the Copa del Rey final? Uh, I'm going to go no. Messi always chokes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. Barcelona, they need him to score. Who will win the German Cup final, Bayern Munich or RB Leipzig? I'll go Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, I just don't like Bayern. All right, I'm, I'll, I'll go Leipzig too. I think Bayern have been in decline this season. And then who will get promoted into the Premier League, Derby County versus Aston Villa at Wembley? I think Aston Villa. They've been on a roll lately. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, Villa have won 10 of the last 11 games going into the playoffs. I'll go with Aston Villa, too. Traditional club. I think they'll get back into the Premier League. All right. Good picks. Good picks. And to close out the podcast, um, I just want to say you can check us out on Twitter at biased underscore underscore two underscores opinion. And we'll be posting a link on Twitter that where you can leave a voicemail. to be You can either leave a comment or a question or something like that or a topic you want to bring up. And you can be featured in the next podcast. Or you can give your opinion on something. Literally anything. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday.